It's Paul Smolin, M.D., your Peedcast host, bringing you informative and entertaining knowledge on a wide range of parenting and child health topics. You have parenting questions, he has answers. And here is your Peedcast host, Dr. Paul Smolin. Welcome and thanks for listening to my pediatric blog. This is Dr. Paul Smolin, your podcast host. I need to apologize for my voice. I've got a little cold today, as you probably can tell, and hopefully my voice will hold out through this entire podcast. Before we get started with today's cast, I want to remind my listeners that I am not giving specific medical advice for their child or any specific child. This is general information that we're imparting. And by listening, you're agreeing to the terms and conditions on my website, docsmo.com. Today, we're going to discuss some practical suggestions for creating independence in children of all ages with a strong focus on teenagers. And I am honored to have, as a returning guest, Ann Gesner, RN, and PNP, that is a pediatric nurse practitioner with 17 years of experience in various healthcare settings. She also happens to be my coworker and the editor of my blog. Anne, thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to join me again today. You're very kind to do so. We have a very interesting topic to discuss today, that of raising a responsible teen. What do you think that means? responsible teen? And in which aspects of life do we want to promote responsible behavior? Thank you for having me on your show. This is always an honor. Well, as these teenagers grow up, we all know that life as we get older gets much more complicated. As teens grow into young adults, they have so many more responsibilities than they had when they were younger. Now they have to take care of their health, make the right choices, They may have a car, they're driving, they have relationships now inside and outside of their family, maybe a girlfriend or a boyfriend, they're wondering why they're here, their spiritual development, and the big task of getting on the right path for an education and a self-sufficient future. Our goal should be to help them develop into responsible adults. And one story I can tell you about my family is my parents always told me growing up that when you graduate from college, you will have a job, that you're off the payroll. So that's one of the reasons I chose to become a nurse, because I knew that I probably most likely would have a job. The cold facts of life. Absolutely. Your parents weren't very subtle about the whole thing? No, they were not at all. Very, very direct. And one of the things I always like about talking to you is that you're always full of practical suggestions. So I'm going to ask for some. What are some of the things you think parents can do to point their children toward a good life attitude? Or can they do that? Is it possible to give your child a certain attitude? Oh, I definitely think so. I think there's some inborn personality that children have, but I think we mold them slowly over time. And this does start very young. It starts with the playground age, 
ages. And I think that Dr. Dr. Smo did even have a whole podcast on this called Parents Not Allowed that talks about allowing children to have a little bit of conflict and settle things themselves and, and adults not always intervening with everything. We started in our family with having family helpfulness at a very young age. And for example, we had uh, our little boys help sort silverware when the dishes were done. I would, of course, remove the knives first that they could hurt themselves on, but they would remove the silverware and put it in the drawer. And that was very helpful because they felt like they were doing their part and they liked doing it. And, um, but I, I did have to learn over time that I did have to drop the perfectionists in housekeeping because they're not always going to do it right. But you know what? That's okay. We've also had them help with learning how to vacuum and house straightening, taking care of their things um, that, you know, there's no free ride in the world and they're learning how to do things in the process. And maybe along the way, they learn to enjoy what they're doing and being helpful. That whole concept of I can, I'm important, I can contribute. And that starts really in the home. Well, absolutely. And it, and it gives us time together, too. Yeah. Because I spend yeah. a lot of time doing things in the home. Well, let's face it. We're going to all work for the rest of our, our lives. And you might as well learn to enjoy it. And you, right. learn, that, and you learn that from your parents. Mm-hmm. Well, Doc Smo, I really feel like I should be asking you these questions because you have a lovely family and you actually have a world-class musician in your family. How did that happen? Well, um, it's an interesting story, interesting that you ask. Uh, when we're on the subject of failure, you know, we could tell from the time that Ben was very, very young that he was destined to create music. He was fascinated with music. And he started playing all sorts of instruments, uh, really, when he was four or five years old. And he got into playing the flute in elementary school. And he went at it with great interest. And it was pretty good. And in Charlotte, we have something called the Junior Youth Orchestra and the Youth Symphony. And he easily made the Junior Youth Orchestra. And then it came time to move to the the middle school, high school youth symphony, and he tried out, and he did not make it. He was very upset, but I vividly remember talking to him about it, and I was really impressed by his attitude. He came home upset that he had not been chosen, but his attitude was, well, I'm going to need to work harder because I'm not good enough. There are people who are better than me, and I just need to work harder for next year. And I was very proud of that attitude, and he did work harder, and he did make the youth symphony and played all through high school and went on to uh, now become a world-class flute performer. He's a, the primary chair, principal chair of the Pacific Symphony currently. And I think as a parent, I think we did pretty good there because we didn't overreact to his failure. We supported him in his journey towards what he wanted to do, and he didn't overreact to it either, or he, it, his reaction was actually the correct reaction. He got upset, and that, he ter- channeled that into working harder. And I think that failure made him better because anybody who does something at a very high level is going to get used, needs to get used to being told no and failing once in a while because nobody does everything perfectly. Where I've actually read that most great entrepreneurs, people who start phenomenal businesses – they fail, on average, seven times 
before they achieve their success. That's a lot of failure behind every success story. So just remember that fact and teach that to your kids. And I think that will take them a long way in life. I think it's important to encourage the kind of behavior that you want to see in your children and teenagers. But probably the most important thing is modeling the behavior that you want to see because they are watching everything you do. For example, if you are a community volunteer, they naturally will do that too. And they may do that through their adulthood, making your house presentable, keeping up the yard, you know, being just a basic good citizen. They see you doing this. They're going to do it too, hopefully. And this is sending a powerful message to our children. I, I do have a pretty neat story about my kids. They were probably about three to four years, three and four years old. And my husband, John, went to the bank to get some money. And the teller mistakenly gave him 200 extra dollars. He drove away, got home and thought, oh, my gosh, I have extra money. I have to take this back. So he packed the kids in the car again, took them back to the bank, and told the teller, you gave me extra money by mistake. And they hadn't hadn't even actually caught it yet because they hadn't done their end-of-the-day clean-out. And she said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you brought this back. That's amazing. And she probably would have gotten in trouble, you know, at the end of the day if her drawer wasn't right. And then months later, my little one and I were talking about something about being responsible and about, you know, giving people back the things that belong to them. And he said to me, he said, yeah, just like the time that daddy took the extra money back. And we had never talked about that before, but that sent such a powerful message that he, as being a three-year-old, was watching what his dad was doing. And that is is far more worthwhile than $200 in the yeah, long run. A three-year-old. Yeah, it was a amazing. A three-year-old. I mean, you know, that got, that's got to be pressed deep into the psyche somewhere, you know, before you even have all that much memory of things. He noticed that. That's amazing. Yeah, let's not forget the mission that every parent has. That is to make their children become happy, productive, responsible adults. And on that point, let me tell you about a conversation I had with a friend who happens to be a top executive at a major bank. And I was at his house one evening, and we were just talking. This guy hires lots and lots of people and has been hiring people for over 30 years. And we were talking about kids and things and his kids. And I thought, let me ask him how he thinks children have changed over his career over the last 30 years. Remember, he hires people out of MBA schools and out of the most elite schools in the United States. He immediately fired back. He had no hesitation in his answer. He said that kids today, as opposed to 30 years ago, they cannot accept failure and that they overreact to failure. And he added, so do their parents. He told me stories of getting calls from uh, some of these rejected candidates' parents. Parents, these are 30-year-old types. These are people with professional degrees. And their parents are jumping in, screaming and yelling at this, my friend, because he didn't give them a job. Well, they probably could fill the job 20 times over with very, very bright people. And not everybody's going to be able to get the job. But he, he claims that today's kids have much more difficult time accepting 
uh, rejection than they have in the in the past. And he thinks that comes from an overinflated sense of themselves. And I, I've actually seen sort of the genesis of this, I think, in my, some of my friends, watching them parent their kids. Because I've noticed that over the years, some of them will praise their kids in situations that I don't really think they deserve to be praised. I mean, not that they've done anything wrong. It's just Johnny can do no wrong. And everything Johnny does is great. And I, I think that gets them a little out of balance with their peers. They, they begin to not appreciate the contribution of others. And I think they begin to expect reward without contribution. And here's one more thing that on that same point that I think I always try to impress on my patients. I think every parent should expect their child before they leave their home, and we're talking about teens now, to work outside the home, work for some other adult. I think it's a fantastic learning experience. It gives kids a, a different perspective on other adults and the working world. It gives them respect for those people working around them. And I think it's something that parents need to insist on. So, Anne, what should parents uh, be on the lookout with respect to their teens to know that they're on the right path to becoming a responsible adult? Learning to balance between the self-interest and the responsibility to others in the outside world, making good economic decisions, living within your means, learning the difference between needs and wants, and showing some enthusiasm for getting an education and finding their path in the adult world. Yeah, you can really tell the kids who are going to be successful because they sort of seem to enjoy what they do. Mm -hmm. they, they like to work. And you always, I, when I see those kids as they're growing up, I always know they're going to be, they're going to be winners. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, Anne can vouch for this. We see parents all the time who make the following mistakes with regard to their children's attitude towards life. That I think it's a mistake to give reward without effort, praise without merit. I also think it's a mistake to shield your children from their failures. With their failures comes the best learning. We don't want them to fail all the time, but you know, kids really learn when they fall on their face. They learn to be careful and they learn to do things a different way. I also think it's a mistake for you as a parent not to model the best behavior you can. And I think it's a mistake to overindulge your kids with expensive stuff when they're young. They learn not to appreciate it. And then when you finally have to pay for their expensive university education, you're just not going to have the money. And I also think it's a mistake not to give children enough responsibility, day-to-day -day responsibility, so that they can learn responsible behavior. Well, thanks as always, Anne. I always love your insights, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. You'll come back for another podcast soon, won't you? Absolutely. Uh, this is fun, isn't it? Very much so. Well, thanks again for joining Anne and me for another episode of Doxmo.com. If you like what you hear, make sure to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or subscribe in the podcast section of iTunes. 
And don't forget to spread the word to your friends. A free pediatric education is yours with a few clicks of the mouse. This is Dr. Paul Smolin, your PEDCAST host, helping parents take a keen look at their teen's outlook. Until next time. I want to thank the following people for help with the production of this PEDCAST. David, golden voice Jaffe for his intro voiceover. Seth Jaffe, the rocket man barrister for his inspirational guidance. Wendy Smolin, chief of our talented legal staff. Sarah, the wizard Smolin, for her digital editing and photography. And Robert Beezer, Ben Smolin, and Jerome Moof for producing this beautiful intro and outro music you were listening to. Thanks, guys. By listening to this podcast, you agree to all of the terms and conditions found at the docsmo.com website. This docsmo.com podcast is informational only. Dr. Smolin does not diagnose, treat, or offer specific medical advice for your child. For specific medical advice regarding your child, consult his or her health care provider.